0: We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc.
1: The message this week is married filing jointly. The focus is really on staying married for as long as possible. I think that Pastor Buta kind of chose Eileen and I because we're some of the oldest friends that he has. Uh, we actually uh, this year, Eileen and I—I I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that—but I mean, we're we're turning 63 years old this year, and uh, yeah, but we're, we uh, but we're going to celebrate our 40th anniversary this year, which is a, a cool thing. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and we. We just became grandparents for the first time. Now, I know that. You're saying, yeah, like we should have been grandparents long ago, and, uh, uh, and that's true. We, uh, but uh, t- young people get married later nowadays, you know that? <laughs> and, and this is uh, actually uh, uh, what, you know, Eileen and I got married in 1973, or oh, 1979. Oh my goodness! That's why he needs me. I gave me, <laughs> I, I, I gave us a bonus five years there. The uh, 1979. Do you know what the uh, the average age of someone getting married in 1979 was? Anybody want to venture a guess on that? 18. 18. 18. <laughs> 18 good, good guess. 14. <laughs> 14. <laughs> okay. I heard 22. Yeah, it was actually 23, 23 years old. Do you know what the average age of someone getting married in 2018, 2019 is? <laughs> 43. <laughs> That's a good guess. Okay, I heard 29. It is actually 29, 29. You know, Eileen and I were born in 1956. What do you think the average age of getting married then was? Uh, 60 <laughs> Twenty. Twenty. But, you know, we, um, Eileen and I are all about marriage, and we are so delighted to be here with you. Pastor Muta and I have been meeting for many years in calling each other upward and encouraging each other uh, in the Lord. We're just trying to encourage one another to be the men we want to be. and And, you know, it's been such a beautiful thing Seeing how God put a vision in Pastor Muta's heart, like over five years ago, to plant a church here in Niles, and that uh, you guys are here, and this is a loving, loving place, sharing the love of Jesus, and, uh, and I just—it's such a joy and a delight to to me, for Eileen and I to be able to be with you here today, and just share about what God has put in our hearts in regard to marriages. Is something special because marriage is really dear to us. We uh I am privileged to uh have found a wonderful woman. And that is a it's a it's a joy to me. Now, how how do you feel about being married to me, honey? We get... <laughs> we...
0: I love when he puts me on the spot. <laughs> You're a gift. A gift. And I love you very much.
1: Okay, good. We uh <laughs> We uh, sometimes she'll share something that is maybe is kind of true. Okay, she says, "I, you know, nobody told me when I married Mr. Wright that his middle name was always Mr. <laughs> always Wright." The uh, we, um, I also
0: and, told Rye that I'm not legally married to all of him because all of him wasn't at the wedding. We, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's giving me I, a little bonus over here.
1: <laughs> I put on a few pounds since we got married. I was a skinny little kid when we got married, uh, and uh, yeah. So I mean, that just happened over breakfast one day. She looks up and says, "You know, I don't think I'm actually legally married to all of you." <laughs> I said, "What does that mean?" <laughs> She says you were all of you wasn't at our wedding <laughs> uh, so anyway uh that's that's wonderful, but you know I we to, um yes, just
0: um real quick here um you know we use the word submit and um I'm, to me a lot of times that has such a negative connotation, but um God kind of pointed out a verse that I thought would be really just great to share to start out with um just how important that is and anything we share, I think. Um, also can pertain to any relationship you're in. All these are just godly principles that work. And so if you feel you're not in a place, you know, where we are, or you're newly married, or you've been divorced, you know, there's no condemnation, but we can all use these godly principles just to improve our relationships wherever we are at. So just wanted to throw that out. But one really great verse is in Philippians 2, um, 3 through 4. It says... Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So I kind of feel like that last verse is a verse about submit, a submission is just not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And that's only going to lead to a great relationship, whatever relationship you're in. So,
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. And uh, you know, and we, you know, we we mentioned we've been married for forty years, and and uh, and it's it is awesome, and we love it, and we, you know, like we always tell young couples when we see them, we say, hey, you know, and they're saying we're thinking about getting married. We say we recommend it. Uh, it's a it's a great it's a great deal. It's a great way to live, and we we totally enjoy it. We've had uh, um, some ups and downs in our relationship. It's not always been, you know, a smooth ride. We've, uh, we've had times where we've really uh, uh, butted heads. Uh, if you notice, Eileen and I both have very flat foreheads uh, because uh, especially when we were younger, we would, you know, we had a lot of that. And we learned little by little uh, and adjusted little by little to, um, you know, to really how to, how to love one another and how to, how to serve one another and encourage each other and build each other up. And we uh, still don't do that perfectly, but we're working on it. And, uh, and it is fun. And being grandparents is like the most amazing thing in the world. It's, uh, uh, you know, I've always heard that it is it is a wonderful thing to become grandparents. And, and uh, you know, we, we thought, yeah, you know, we're all about it. And we, we've been kind of bugging our kids, you know, for years. And, uh, and, but, you know, when we hold that grandchild and uh, look at him his name is Coleman Robert Kent and uh, he's 3 months old uh, but um, you know we 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 had him for about 3 hours uh, on Valentine's Day because we let Heidi our daughter and her husband Adam go on a little date and and man, Eileen and I were like in and uh, it was amazing it was incredible like i read this this little guy a book and he followed along he's only 3 months old uh, it's yeah all right everybody anybody's a grandparent knows what i'm talking about okay your our grandkids are like the most brilliant people ever and uh and so it's a it's a beautiful thing but we want to what we want to talk about today is uh is is the whole idea of uh of of marriage and, and how it came about and why it's a great idea and why God loves it and how uh, you know how how we as as human beings can and really uh, uh, become one in our marriage, and so um, I want to start out by reading a couple of scriptures. And and so if you if you want to turn in your Bible and read in your Bible, the uh, the scriptures are are actually found. The first one is in uh, Genesis chapter two, and I'm going to read a, a few selected verses out of there. I'm going to read verse seven, and then I'm going to read uh, verse eighteen through. Through 24 and then I'm going to jump over to um, actually Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to read uh, some verses from there, two to nine. And, uh, but uh, if you want to turn to Genesis chapter two, and uh, this is, uh, this is uh, really kind of how it all started. Okay Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse seven, says this, "Then God formed man out of the dust from the ground." and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. Now I want to ask you to do something with me a moment. Just take a deep breath right now. Just go. You know what? That first breath started with Adam. We are all related here. We are all from Adam. You know, when Adam took that first breath, when God breathed that first breath into him, he became a living being, and you know what? And that living being started and, and went on and on and on, and it's a it's an amazing, it's a beautiful thing. But this is this is what it says after that. It says then God, uh, starting at uh, verse eighteen, says then the Lord God said, "It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him." Now out of the ground the Lord made. "'Every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens "'and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. "'And whatever the man called the living creature, "'that was its name. "'And the man gave names to all the livestock "'and all the birds of the heavens "'and every beast of the field. "'But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. "'So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. "'And while he slept, he took one of his ribs "'and closed up its place with flesh.' And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And then the man said, This is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now this is a a beautiful scripture that, that comes up again and again in scripture. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now, I want to I take that. And you see this, you know, this situation in, you, in the garden. God forms Adam out of the dust of the earth. He breathes into him the breath of life. He becomes a living being. And God knows that you know, in order for the living being to make more living beings, there has to be a female. And uh, and so, you know, he creates all these animals, and he brings them to Adam. And Adam says, you know, nobody here that I'm interested in at all. Uh, um, And uh, and then God causes Adam to fall into that deep sleep. And he takes one of his ribs, and he makes Eve from that rib. He makes the woman and uh, brings her to the man. And the man says, oh, baby.
0: He says, whoa, man.
1: (laughs) This is a good thing. And uh, you know what? And it's and and, I, and we can attest that you know what hey when it is going good and we're in sync and it is like whoa man it is like it is a beautiful thing. Now when we're not in sync, it's a little different story. It's a little rough, but
0: uh, W O E whoa.
1: <laughs> and uh, but but I want to fast forward now four thousand years. Okay, so Adam and Eve are in the garden a lot takes place, okay, and uh, you get to, to Jesus, and he's talking to some fellows that are called Pharisees. They're, they're supposed to be the, the, uh, the, 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 like the last word on right and wrong and religion and, and uh, you know, really uh, just uh, interpreting the Bible, that kind of thing, and the Pharisees, um, you know, since Adam and Eve were in the garden, you know, they've uh, kind of had some thoughts about this whole man and woman thing. And the Pharisees that were in charge were men. And so they kind of wanted to tilt it a little bit. You know, they didn't hear Pastor Joe's uh, message on submission last week. Uh, you know, when he said, submit mutually one to another. They said, hey, you know what? We just want the women to submit to us. And, uh, and so they come to Jesus. And uh, this is what it says. And it's starting at uh, verse 2 in Mark 10. It says this, and the Pharisees came up. And in order to test him, that's Jesus, asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And he answered, what did Moses command you? And they said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. Now listen how Jesus responds. I love Jesus. I just love the way he operates. And Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. Then he does this. He says, but from the beginning of creation, so he goes back to this Genesis 2. He says, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, Jesus takes and emphasizes this one flesh a little more. He says, so they are no longer two, but what are they? One. He says, they are no longer two, but they're one flesh. And he says, "What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate." You know, and uh, you know. So when we read these scriptures, you know, we learn some things. We learn some things. We learn uh, a little bit about God's values and His heart toward us as human beings. Okay, and uh, I mean, God's values is that you know He He loves human beings. He's all for us. He knows that uh, you know we are flesh, and that flesh is uh, you know has some limitations. Okay, but he also knows that, you know, we were made for relationship and he created the marriage relationship uh, as a an awesome relationship and a a relationship that is just an an incredible thing. Uh, He also uh, gave us a a little bit of direction in here. You know, he said, you know, hey, listen, uh, what I want you to do is I want. I want you to, to form those relationships and I want you to keep those relationships. And I want those relationships to turn into a lot of blessings that flow out to, to, from one person to another person to another person. Okay? But sometimes those relationships kind of get disrupted. Now, you know, I, uh, I, last year, I buried my dad about a year ago now. And my dad was uh, 86 years old. He and my mom had been married for 65 years. And I thought, man, that's amazing, you know? And, I, and I'm thinking back on my dad's life and on my dad's family. Now, my dad was one of 17 children, okay? He was the second of 17 children. When my grandpa married my grandma, my grandpa was 42 years old. He was a tenant farmer, and he was a little hoedown fiddle player. You ever, see those, you ever been to those hoedown or seen those hoedown dances, you know, on TV? Anyway, he was a little fiddle player. He was, uh, he, uh, he, he was an English guy, and he, he, had little, he was this little short guy with stubby fingers, but he could play that fiddle. I heard him play it a couple times when I was a little boy. But, you know, when he married my grandma, he was 42 years old. My grandma was 15 years old. Okay, that's against the law now. Can't do that. All right. Okay. And my grandma was pregnant. Okay. But you know what? And my grandpa was a heavy drinker. He was a he. You know, he he, he was an alcoholic. Uh, and they married, and they started having children. My dad was the second one. And a guy came around visiting people, giving out Bibles. And he stopped into their house. They lived in a little shack, really. He stopped to their house, and he gave them a Bible, and he told them about Jesus. And you know what? My grandpa and my grandma gave their lives to Jesus. And, man, I tell you what, things changed. It was changed. And for somehow, you know, those two, they, they, they stuck it out, they stayed together, and they gave birth to to a bunch of kids, and uh, and my dad met my mom, and here we are, you know. And and I got a lot of blessings out of that. But I can see that, you know, God, God can work and move in all kinds of situations. And when Jesus comes into the situation, like He came into this situation, you know, when the Pharisees, these Pharisees, these guys were were the religious leaders, and they they had a little thing they like to do. They said, you know, hey, when I was young and poor, you know, I got married. And, uh, but when I, when I got older and I got wealthy and I had some resources, uh, what they wanted to do is they wanted to trade in their, you know, their 40 year old wife for two twenties. Okay. That was, uh, that was their kind of mode of operation. And so they tried to, you know, get Jesus to give them a little pass on that. And Jesus said, nothing doing. He says, we're going to go back. Let's go back to the beginning of creation. This is how God made it. And this is the plan guys. And you know What? God has a great deal with that plan, and so he went back to that one flesh and so Eileen and I want to talk a little bit about how do you stay one in the process of being married and and uh, you know we don't have it perfected, but we are working on it and and you know, forty years in,' um, I, 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 it's, I'm excited about it. I love it.:
0: One of the sweet stories um, that we have. In our lives, um, that's an inspiration to us, is his parents. About a year and a half ago, his um, mom got really sick, and uh, she ended up in nursing care, and there was one day that we thought we were just going to lose her. And uh, so she, Ron and I, were in the room with her and Dad, and she goes, I want Dad to spend the night with me tonight. And I really believe she thought that was her last night, and she wanted Dad to spend the night. So I said, okay, Mom, we'll... Go ask the nurses and see if we can't get, like, a bed or something in here for, for you. And so, sure enough, they said, yeah, we can accommodate. So they got a nice little recliner for and stuff. And then, then the head nurse found out about it, and she's like, she didn't think that was a good idea. So she comes in and talks to Mom. She goes, Mom, Anne, why, why do you want George to stay with you? He needs to get home and get his rest. He can take care of you. And she goes, because we're one. And, you know, she, it was just like there was a skip a beat, because we're one. And I just thought, how powerful is that, you know, when you just, (laughs) that was true oneness. And then she lost him six months later, but she didn't, you know, unfortunately, he was able to be at home and pass, but she spent a lot of time by his side, and they they had just been an awesome, um, so that's our goal, is just to continue in oneness, and that's what we really want to strive for, and share things with you that have helped us, and things that aren't a blessing, but that kind of thing. So, anyways... Mm -hmm it's It's a beautiful thing
1: yes, it is, and uh and that was a one one of those really bittersweet moments that was probably the lowest point that i've ever seen my parents at you know we um you know my dad did spend the night, he slept in a little chair there, and he'd come up he he was fine you know <laughs> he he did good, and mom did she she revived in the morning and and that was a beautiful thing, but you know they were just like at that point, you know these two. Older people just holding on to each other, saying, "Hey, you know what? We've gone this far in life. We're going to hang in here, and we're just going to stick together." And, uh, and and it was a blessing and an encouragement to us. Uh, one of the other one of the things that, that Eileen and I have learned in uh, in marriage is that uh, one of the key aspects of it is is uh, communication. And um, you know, communication is so important for you know for married couples and. Actually, we chose to uh, set up like this this morning in two chairs to give you a little illustration of a, uh, it's a two-chair concept. Um, you know, people that, that counsel couples in marriage and uh, study marriage relationships say that most couples have about two minutes a day of meaningful communication where they, they talk about things other than, you know, hey, uh, I need to get picked up here, will you get that or do that or whatever. Uh, fix the you know fix the broken door what's for supper yeah what's for supper That's my favorite question <laughs> the uh, but um anyway the uh you know what they have discovered is that couples who will take two chairs like this and just visit for ten minutes a day can have a pretty good marriage and and it's the key is is just uh it's actually it's just visiting it's not uh you know not going over bills or not doing you know uh, business but it's just you know hey how, how you doing and you know what you've been doing and thinking about and just just kind of visiting for 10 minutes and uh but they found that couples that will take 20 minutes a day that those couples uh can have an awesome marriage an incredible marriage um you know, Eileen and I kind of, uh, when we were introduced to that, we we kind of learned it. I learned it a little bit the hard way. Uh, we had been married about 10 years, and uh, a couple invited us to a thing called Marriage Encounter Weekend. And uh, I, I thought, you know, hey, Marriage Encounter Weekend, somebody's going to take care of our kids. I'm going to be alone with Eileen in a hotel room for, for a whole weekend with, you know, no interruptions. This is going to be amazing and great, you know. So the first night of the of the meeting of the conference, they said, "We want you to rate your marriage on a scale of one to ten. One is terrible, ten is awesome." You know, and I'm thinking, "Well, hey, Eileen has me. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, I, man, I, I just love her and enjoy her um, amazingly. Uh, I mean, I give us a, at least an eight, you know, but I don't want to be proud, so I'll just I'll give us a seven and a half." Okay. And uh, so then they said, okay, now I want you to go back to your, to your hotel room and discuss it with one another, you know, kind of compare notes, see what you, you know, how'd you do. So we get back to the room, and, and I said, um, Eileen, um, you know, I, you know, I, this is a good little exercise to get started on. Um, you know, did you score the card?
0: Me.
1: three <laughs> <laughs> she says <laughs> she says yes i scored it i said "Well, what did you give us you know she says i gave us a three i said well you got the scale backwards you know it's not like <laughs> she said no no i didn't get the scale backwards she says you're never around i never see you i was working a job that i loved at that time i'd leave the house at about six thirty in the morning um uh, I'd take off, I'd come home at 6 for dinner, I'd disrupt the house for an hour or so, and then take off again, and I'd come back at 10, you know? And uh, Eileen says, we just don't ever see you. We just don't see you, are not around, you know? He says, uh, and she, Eileen knows the kind of language that gets my attention. She says, hey, how about if we have dinner together? <laughs> like every night. Uh, not just you blowing in and grabbing something to eat, but... Let's have dinner together. And uh, so anyway, it was, it, was, it was a big change. I, I changed some major things in, uh, in, in the way that I operated as a result of that.
0: One, one little exercise that we could throw out there to you that might work if you're struggling in communication um, which Ron and I do marriage counseling, and we do hear that a lot is that you know, people feel like two ships passing in the night and they're not connecting. So I know communication is a big deal, but there's one little exercise I can share with you, real quick, that might be helpful for you. Um, it, it's the idea of two chairs, but the one person starts and then they share one positive thing about their spouse, then they share something that they're concerned about or that's bugging them, and then they um, sandwich that with another compliment, okay? So one partner is sharing that with the other. While they're sharing, you cannot talk, you cannot speak, it's all about listening, right? I was sharing this with our daughter who's been married five years. Yesterday, Friday, they've been married five years, and she's like, Mom, that's our problem. We, don't, we could never do that because we don't listen to each other well enough. And that's the key, right, is listening. How awesome is listening? When somebody really listens to you and, and you know, you have their heart, it's just it's, it's great. So that's why you cannot talk. It, why the person's sharing. And then the other partner has a turn to share their three things, okay? And it's, it's really a helpful tool. So if, if any of you are struggling, um, you might consider trying that. But the key is listening. Mm-hmm. You really have to be a good listener. And you'll be amazed at what you learn when you're a good listener. So
1: yeah. just
0: want to throw out that as a practical idea.
1: Uh, you know, another thing that uh, we've discovered is that uh, the, what makes a good marriage is two forgivers, Two people that are willing to forgive one another, because you are going to do things that um, are, you know, offensive to your spouse. You're you're going to hurt their feelings. Uh, you're not always going to mean to do that. Sometimes you will do things just because you're selfish, and uh, and uh, you know. But there there's things that are going to happen, and uh, and your spouse is going to do things that um, you know that that hurts you. And uh, but you know what we've discovered is that. Forgiveness is huge It's it's a big thing and um, I mean and, and we've had like and, and I'm just going to disclose something to you like about maybe eight or ten years ago, I fell into pornography in a in a big way for a, a period of time, and I could not stop okay and uh, and and I knew that unless I told somebody uh, I, like I didn't want Eileen to know that. I don't want anybody to know that, okay? But I knew unless I told somebody that it would not stop. So I I ended up telling somebody, and then that person said, "Well, you got to tell Eileen, you know." I said, "Well, I know, you know," and uh, and so I did, and uh, and I was, you know, fearful. Like you know, she'd say, "Hey, listen, I've had enough of you, you know. I've had you for thirty years, and you know, <laughs> no." It was like uh, I I mean I didn't know how she would respond, but she forgave me. You
0: know, the, the union of, uh, I mean, a good marriage is a union of two forgivers, right? Because we're always going to blow up. We're always going to make mistakes. But, you know, of course, obviously, we have experienced God's forgiveness and God's love, and he calls us to do the same. So sometimes they're, they're little offenses, which we call misdemeanors, and sometimes they're big offenses, which are felonies, like that situation, you know, type of thing. And I've done both, you know, to him as well. So Um, And, you know, just a little um, insert for forgiveness, you know, sometimes forgiveness has layers to it. So I know some things are huge and big and awful, and, you know, it's hard to forgive. But, you know, if you can just forgive a little bit, and, you know, the more you do it, it, the layers will come off, and it it takes healing. Sometimes you need to talk it through with somebody or whatever, and not saying forgiveness is easy, but sometimes, especially those little misdemeanors, you know, work at really forgiving those because it'll make a big difference. Yeah. So.
1: And, you know, Eileen and I do a lot of marriage counseling, and sometimes people ask us, they say, well, what if somebody's unfaithful in the relationship, you know? then you break the relationship? And you know what? We have met many, many couples that have experienced those kind of very heart-wrenching betrayals, and they have forgiven and reconciled and moved ahead. So it is not the end of the relationship. It does not need to be the end of the relationship. God extended his grace toward us, and we can extend our grace to one another. He's given us that ability through the Holy Spirit because Jesus lives in us, and because he loves us so much. You know, he's got, as the Bible says God shows his love for us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, he, he can give us the ability to forgive and You know, we can move forward from there. Uh, Another thing that Eileen and I have found, and this may sound a little trite, um, but it's not. I mean, I can tell you from our relationship and our experience personally, and also many people that we know and have associated with, that couples that pray together stay together. And, um, you know, praying together is a big thing. And And it's not hard. Um, and this is not the in prayer guys uh, we're, we're going to get toward the end of the message here in a minute but uh, but we want to just show you just a briefly you know sometimes people say you know how do you pray as a couple together just, you know a, it's not complicated um, we're going to just demonstrate it real quick we call these kind of like popcorn prayers a lot of times Eileen and I are laying in bed and this is just what, how we do it you know so I just say Lord thank you for today and uh, you've been good to us. It just feels so good to be in this warm bed and, you know, out of the weather and in, in a warm place. You provided for us. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you know, just thank you for our health, Lord, and you're just uh, full of of love towards us. You're full of blessings, and uh, yeah, thank you for our relationship and thank you that you're our great teacher.
1: God, just Eileen and I love little Coleman, and we're so thankful for you giving him to us. And uh, giving him to Adam and Heidi. We're blessed. Thank you. Bless them, please.
0: May he just uh, grow to love you and know you at a young age. And just give Heidi and Adam wisdom each and every day. Just love on him and parent him, Father. In Jesus' name.
1: Yes. Amen. And, you know, so we just, some simple thing. It's not rocket science. It's just talking to God. And just and and God, you know, being thankful is uh, is man, you can't can't go wrong on that.
0: One thing neat about praying together is, um, I mean, I can't emphasize it enough because I really think it's where why Rod and I are where we are today, actually, because we started this when we were we were dating, actually. But um, you just learn the other person's heart, too. You know what's important. You find out what's important to them, what they might ever tell you. But then in their prayers, it comes out. So you find, you know, you get deeper, and that's really precious, too. And then just to agree together, there's power in agreeing together. So, you know, prayer, praying together, is we would really highly recommend it.
1: Yeah. Well, another thing that we've found is having fun together, laughing together, telling jokes. Eileen works with little kids all day. And, um, and so she comes home and tells me stories about these little kids. These kids say hilarious things. And, uh, and, uh, and we have, I mean, I get some of my best belly laughs from the things that she tells me about. I mean, but even just doing simple things. I'm going to tell you a quick one. They were studying the presidents, okay? And so um, they, they put a picture of George Washington up on the screen, and they asked the little kids, you know, um, well, do you know who that is? And um, little kid says, well, "Is that President Obama?" <laughs> N- no, nope, that's not President Obama. Says, um, uh, "President Kennedy?" No, nope. <laughs> not President Kennedy. So he says, well, this, "That's that's President Washington. He's the first president." And uh, this little kid raises his hand. He says, "Hey, you know what? My dad works with him." And <laughs> Then he leans over to Eileen and says, "He's not dead.
0: He's he? still alive, right?" <laughs>
1: He's, and anyway, it's like I mean, just those kind of things are great. Uh, and we like to, Eileen and I um, like to take walks, so we walk together frequently, like almost every day. We just take a long walk, and uh, and it's a great thing.
0: I, having fun together, yeah. Um, a lot of times couples will say, well, we don't have anything in common. And that's been a blessing for Rod and I because we love the outdoors. We love a lot of the same things. So, but I guess in that light I would suggest that maybe s- find something he enjoys doing and then do it with him, the big sacrifice, and then vice versa, do something that she likes. So just give and take and then until you find something that you do enjoy together. But, mm-hmm. yeah, having fun together is super important. Yeah. yeah. You need those lighthearted times.
1: Well, another thing that we found is uh, we call it taking a negativity fast. Do you know what fasting is, like not eating, you know? Well, a negativity fast is not picking, you know, not not being negative because there's a myriad of things that we can pick at each other about. Yeah, try,
0: um, try going on a negativity fast for a week. Just try it. I try for a day. <laughs> but, I mean, it's hard, but it's so powerful, you know, because you, know you know how many positives it takes to overcome one negative, right? So you need a lot more positives. So, yeah, that's just a, And, you know, the, the Word says that pleasant words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And, um, you know, life, there's power of the tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So, you know, we do need to really encourage each other and, and to cut out some of the negativity. And it's easy to see each other's faults, but sometimes we just need to focus on what is good
1: Indeed. Well, we want to kind of uh, come to the end here with, uh, we have uh, what we call a a covenant marriage bill of rights. And um, Eileen, I want to just ask you to, you know, just go through those real quick, would you?
0: Okay. I have the right to encourage you daily, to build you up, not tear you down, to affirm you every time you succeed, to encourage you every time you win or lose, to comfort you when you hurt, to protect you when you are attacked, to pray for you without ceasing, to defend you from every weapon formed against you. I have the right to esteem and honor you, to pick you up when you fall, to speak life to you, to love you unconditionally, to respect you in front of others, to find out your needs and meet them and to diagnose your hurts and heal them. I have the right to serve you at any time. I have the right to ask God to, God to give you wisdom, and I have the right to bless you.
1: Amen. Yes, and let's, let's pray together, shall we, as the uh, worship team comes up to close us and uh, transition us. Um, Father God, we come to you in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus, and thank you for creating men and women. Thank you for creating marriage and family. And Lord, it's it's our just prayer here for every person here, uh, for, to just be blessed abundantly, Lord. For you to just give each one the desires of their heart, Lord. I know that uh, we want and we crave uh, those deep, long, lasting, loving family relationships, and Father, we just pray that here on 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 the body uh, a Relevant Church, everyone here today, and uh, we thank you for the privilege we have of being able to to talk about marriage and to look at uh, the things that, Lord Jesus, you've said about marriage in the direction you've given us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.